This show is a part of the FM Podcast Network. Visit us at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. It's hell time, man. It's hell time, man. It's hell time, man. It's hell time, man. Down these streets, the fools rule. There's no freedom or self-respect. A nice point or a trip to the joint is about all you can expect. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time. Proud member of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining me to talk about Band of the Hand, a.k.a. It's Hell Time, man. The title cut from the soundtrack to the 1986 film Band of the Hand is fellow Bobcat, Matt Simonson. Hi, Matt. Welcome back. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be back. Oh, I am so excited to be talking about this song. How did we come to this conclusion, right? How did we, I don't remember. How did you, you, we both kind of were settled that you were like, oh man, this one. And I was like, oh yeah, we have a, let's do, how did we, do you remember how it even came about? Yeah, I think after the last time I was on Union Sundown and you said to me, we need more disregarded 80s songs uh, on Pod Dylan. And we said, hey, nobody's talking about band of the hand so let's give that one a spin <laughs> no that sounds about right yeah that i look this song it's i love this song <laughs> i really do i really love this song it's bonkers it's goofy as all get out it's attached to a movie that no one remembers it is sort of bizarre about like how would bob even get himself attached to this thing, it is a strange little asterisk in the Dylan canon in that it does not appear on any collection. It exists solely. It was released as a single backed with an instrumental uh, song from the, the film's soundtrack. And it was, of course, you know, you can listen to it in the movie itself. Uh, and then we'll get into, you know, what other life it's had outside of that. Not much, but. It's very easily the kind of song that even diehard Bob fans do not know exist. Yeah, I think they're, you're probably going to have a few longtime listeners who are scratching their head and saying, where did this come from? Did I miss this one? Uh, <laughs> but certainly the, uh, you know, the classic rock Bob Dylan fan is not, uh, not heard of this one. And there's probably a lot of people who own most of the CDs who don't have this on regular rotation or even on the radar, but. For us uh, nut jobs, I mean, this this is right in our wheelhouse, Rob. <laughs> Absolutely. You can get it on, like, Spotify and on uh, iTunes. Uh, you know, it is available there. You can get it there. And, it's you know, so it is part of his part of his collection. But, yeah, this thing is very – and it, it has an amazing pedigree when you think about it because it was recorded in Australia back when Bob was touring with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So Tom Petty is the officially listed – producer of this record and playing on the song are all the heartbreakers mike campbell and ben montage and you know all those guys and singing backup there's a bunch of backup singers but singing backup apparently is also stevie nicks so yeah, i mean this, I saw this is, yeah i don't i but, i never knew that until i looked it up because i don't hear her on the the, the finished song but i mean what in a, what an all-star lineup of people for such an obscure song well, this is a who's who. This uh, must have been recorded before she was uh, deported or threatened to be deported for right. uh, wor working without a visa when they right. brought her up on stage a few times. So that's right. That's right. That is that was the thing that happened was that she came and sang with Bob a couple times, and I guess the Australian government was like, "You can't do that. Uh, we're going to kick you out." I was like, you can't kick out Stevie Nicks. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the cool things about this song on my home device, when I ask Alexa to fire this one up, it'll repeat it. And it says that it's by Bob Dylan and the Heartbreaker. Oh, that's my a... knowledge. It's the only song <laughs> officially <laughs> uh, attributed to Bob Dylan and the Heartbreaker. That, <laughs> that's, oh, that, what an awesome combination uh, that is. Uh, yeah. This song, I mean, for those of you who don't know about uh, the band of the hand, the movie, and we will get into it. At the end of the show, after we're done talking about the song, but it's a, it's a night again, it's a 1986 movie about a basically gang of street toughs that are trained to go from being gang members to kind of like 
law enforcement and and you know clean up the streets of of uh, this you know vicious drug lord and things like that uh and so the the song itself seems to be written from the point of view of the band you know the the, the titular band of the hand basically and it's this incredibly righteous kind of nasty violent song about cleaning up the streets and the idea of that the law is not going to protect you everything is corrupt but we the band of the hand or whatever we're the ones that are going to clean everything up it's so upfront and it's kind of just everything is black and white this is we are the we are morally right and we're going to commit violence on people that are dope dealers and stuff like that and that's that's the universe this song lives in I have been thinking about Band of the Hand uh, in an unhealthy manner for it's a uh, the sentence last that's of very days. rarely uttered. I've been thinking about Band of the Hand, and I'm like, how can I best describe this? And you know, a couple of things jumped to mind. And one was, it's like the times they are changing with vigilante justice, <laughs> uh, kind of a call to arms. Uh, you know, the youth, uh, you know, taking over. And another one is just kind of the sonic equivalent of the Empire burlesque jacket. On the cover, <laughs> oh, of uh, '80s, uh, it's got that Miami Vice vibe, and uh, you know, like with all the stuff in the news going on, Rob, with AI, it dawned on me. I mean, this is like somebody went to Chat GPT and tried to create a composite Bob Dylan song with all the cliches from his past, and then they said, you know, write me a song about. America, uh, in, uh, the period from 2016 to 2020 in the style of New Pony in Miami Vice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, include a social justice message about fighting people in power and add some electric blues, harmonica, give me some desire era internal rhymes. And I want some wordplay, like in no time to think. And give me some call and response from the Queens of Rhythm, like in the gospel period. <laughs> just adding all this stuff up. And then it spits this out. And it's just got everything in it that <laughs> we love about Bob Dylan, which is why this song is so crazy. And then when I look at the lyrics, uh, when we go through them, there's all these things that jump out to me where it seems self-referential, where he's like, oh, that reminds me of this song. That reminds me of this song. And I love this song. It, it may, in fact, be the greatest Bob Dylan song ever recorded because it's so self-referential to everything else that he did. It's like it exists within its own world. I don't know anything else like it. What the hell time, man. Well, it's worth mentioning, by the way, that on the this song is listed on BobDylan.com, that it is even it has even been rewritten a little bit. In that, uh, if you listen to the song, uh, it opens with, it opens with the chorus, uh, very she loves you. And, uh, it opens with the chorus of, you know, the Queens of Rhythm wailing. It's hell time, man. But if you look at it, look it up on bobdylan.com, they've changed the refrain from it's hell time, man to band of the hand. But that's not what they're singing. They're not no. singing it. They're not singing band of it. They're singing it's hell time, man. And I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, they, the producers commissioned Bob to do this. And then Bob goes off and writes his own song and completely leaves out the phrase band of the hand in any way. And they were like, um, uh, okay, here, Bob, uh, yeah. Bob, it's not called it's hell time, man. It's called band of the hand. So like, okay, close enough. But it's so strange that, yeah, that somebody actually bothered to go into Bob Dylan.com and rewrite this a little. So it fits the movie, but like at this point, who cares? Like who's, who's yeah. paying attention to this? <laughs> It reminds me of my uh, my favorite Ray Parker Jr. story uh, when his agent called him up and said, hey, Ray, there's this really cool movie coming out with uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, and they want you to write the hit song for it. And he's like, oh, that's great. And he's like, there's just two catches, though. One, uh, you have to have it done over the weekend. You need to have it ready by Monday. And Ray said, oh, yeah, shouldn't be a problem. No problem. Uh, well, what's the other one? Uh, it uh, has to contain the word Ghostbusters in it. <laughs> And I think that's probably something similar where, like, you're right. He wrote this amazing song, and they're like, you know, we really need Band of the Hand in there somehow. <laughs> so we changed it, uh, you know, and put the, It's Hell Time Man in, in parentheses. 
And then at the end of the song, the Queens of Rhythm do actually say Band of the Hand. Um, you mentioned the gospel sound to it, and it does have that. Approach. I love the, the opening, the laugh. I'm guessing that's yeah. one of the Queens of Rhythm. Of the, ah! yes. <laughs> I mean, like to me, this has a, it does have a very gospel, like the, you could picture this on Saved in like a yes. parallel universe. Absolutely. Or slow train coming. I mean, this fits yeah. right next to a uh, slow train coming, you know, just that uh, indictment of the world and the wicked are going to get it. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it to a message. Right. Cause yeah. it's old. So old Testament, you know, it's so like oh, God yeah. is going to come down and smite uh, the, the, the criminals, you know, the people that are doing the wicked things. And that's, that is what I love about, again, the morality of it is so just so mm-hmm. simplistic, but you're you're caught up in the performance of it. I mean, I quoted the opening verse and then there was, they kill people here who stand up for their rights. The system's just too damned corrupt. It's always the same. The name of the game is who do you know higher up? And then it's a hell time man, the hell time man. So yeah, you've got those internal rhymes that you talked about. Um, those the are word- all over, even from, you know, the title band of the hand, band of the hand. Yeah. It's got it. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, at the end when I love that, uh, verse, by the way, it's, uh, it's always the same, the name of the game. Who do you know higher up? But then when you listen to it, he lets out a big, well, which <laughs> rhymes with it's hell time right into it. So, I mean, this, the song, there's just, it reminds me of, of desire a little bit and, uh, hurricane, you know, I mean, that's one of the better songs with the internal rhyming and on street legal as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just all over the lyrics and, and, I don't know. Uh, I, I really enjoy that when he does it. I think he's very, very crafty when it comes to uh, slipping in and internal rhymes and into the meter and everything. It it has a wonderful like slickness to it, which is just yeah. super fun to listen to. And, you know, you mentioned about like how many seems to be like this kind of like a, a chat GBT version, because you could sort of, you know, the, the yeah. bit about it's always the same. The name of the game is who do you know higher up? I mean, that could be a line from Hurricane. That, oh, that exactly. almost is a line from Lonesome yeah. Death of Hattie Carroll. You know, the, the ladder of the law has no top and no bottom. So it is, it's like, it's referring to, it's not directly referring, but it's, you know, seems to be referring to past Dylan songs. It may not be exactly, but you could imagine, yeah, that somebody is like, okay, well, this is, yeah, this is a guy. He's in his mid forties at this point and he's railing against the injustice of the system. This is maybe what Bob Dylan would write. So I can <laughs> see that. Exactly. You know, like it opens up down the street. You know, the dogs aren't barking like in one too many mornings down these streets, the fools rule, you know, right, right away. I mean, there's a, there's a something in there that kind of reminds me of one too many mornings. And then it just keeps going on and on and on. The blacks and the whites uh, steal the other kids lives. Wealth is a filthy rag. So erotic, so unpatriotic, so wrapped up in the American flag. Again, that could be right out of clean cut kit, you know, which he wrote around the same time. Uh, and again, it, it, that's that's a case where they uh, changed the lyrics on uh, BobDylan.com too, because in the song he says the blacks and the whites, the idiotic, the exotic. Oh, that's right. That's rig. right. Yeah, and so that's to me no time to think. Right when he's going through and listing all the all hmm. the big words that rhyme and dropping those in there and um, you know, duality, reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I thought wealth is a filthy rag. You know, if you ask uh, Chat GPT, give me a five word summary for the lonesome death of Hattie Carroll, that's probably what it would spit out. <laughs> so my mind's been racing with all of these uh, things. And, you know, probably, as I mentioned, an unhealthy amount of listening to the song over the last couple of days. But, uh, but that's what we're here for, Rob. Exactly. It makes me wonder, like, when he was commissioned, like, did they, did he see the movie? I mean, you know what I mean? He's a busy guy. I mean, does he have time? I mean, this is 1986. This, that was a lot harder to do than it yeah. would be nowadays. If you, I would imagine you hire somebody to write a song for your movie, you just send them a Vimeo link, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they can <laughs> yeah. watch it. But in 1986, you had to like, at the very least, ship them a videotape. And he was in Australia by then. That might have been a real, so I, I'm guessing he didn't see them. Even if maybe they had wanted him to see the movie, would he have bothered? He probably could have just been like, what's it about? Okay. All right. I got it. You know, <laughs> I'll go to the studio. And I'll You're exactly it. right. Yeah. Give me a summary. Give me a one line summary and I'll take it from there. <laughs> the, uh, the witchcraft, the witchcraft scum 
witchcraft scum i mean come on the witchcraft scum exploiting the dumb turns children's turns children into crooks and slaves whose heroes and healers are rich now by the way they're changed they've changed it again here yeah when in the, the line that he sings is whose heroes and healers are rich dope dealers who should be put in their graves here it says whose heroes and heroes are real stoned dealers, which is just not as good a line. Real stone no. dealers is not as good as dope deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, put them in their graves, just uh, just like in Masters of War. Masters of War, right? <laughs> Robert just goes on and on. So <laughs> I hadn't really thought of that before, but you're right. It really does feel like this is a uh, you know this is this really is. You took a bunch of Bob Dylan lyrics and you just shook them in a box. You know, and then you <laughs> pull them out and you're like, okay, this is what it is. And again, the line about who should be put in their graves. I mean, that's, that's pretty out there for to have someone saying, like, be so blunt about the people that are out there that are exploiting the dumb and they're ch- turning children into crooks and stuff. They should be murdered, not put on trial, not put no. in jail. Not put through the system. They should straight up be murdered by us. I mean, it's pretty startling. Yeah, this is uh, the iron hand of justice uh, coming out of his voice here, for sure. Which you know, fits right into that uh, you know late seventies, early eighties uh, gospel period. For mm-hmm. I mean, nothing's really changed in his view. Um, which, if I we mean, admit it, we we really like it when he uh, puts it in black and white terms for us. I mean, everybody likes the Bob Dylan edge. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. You know, I mean, it, when you like that feeling of sort of authority, like he's been around, he's seen everything. So he's laying it on the line. Here's what it is. Come on. Let's let's not mince words here. They no. should be put in their graves. You know, <laughs> like, whoa. Um, What part is it? If that, there's one part where he even says, tell the truth. Now, he fits that in right before he gets into the chorus. He's yeah, you know, but like the back and forth with the uh, backup singers. Uh, It's just great. I mean, it's it's spot on the timing and he, it seems like he's just ad libbing and they're in it. And, um, it's really, I mean, say what you will about the movie or the eighties or the, the style, but the performance in this song is just incredible. I mean, he's invested vocally. Um, you know, the lyrics, uh, are, are fun and his delivery is just is just great. The music sounds awesome too. And the backup singers, I don't know if they've ever sounded better than they sound in this one. I mean, they are I mean, wailing. They they are. I mean, they're having a they're having a grand old time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next verse, uh, I, okay. So the next verse is, "Listen to me, Mister Pusher Man. This might be the last night in a bed so soft. There are pimps on the make, politicians on the take. You can't pay us off." Okay, so. I'm going to admit something to you, Matt. Up until BobDylan.com came out, and I could leave. I know what you're going to admit. Okay. Oh, (laughs) what? What what do you think I'm going to admit? Well, I think he says, "Listen to me, Mister Pussy Man." (laughs) (laughs) That I always thought that's what the line was. But Bob, Uh, (laughs) Bob, you really uh, okay, Bob? Like, I mean, Bob only curses sparingly you know i think there's only two other songs where he uses any sort of four-letter words hurricane and george jackson um but yeah for the for the longest time when i heard that line it really sounds like he says listen to me mr pussy man i was like this is this is and with all the with all the rewrites um on bob dylan.com i'm not convinced it's not what he says <laughs> uh because it's uh you know, it's one of those uh, funny names he gives people like uh, Miss Dolly or, uh, you know, all the other uh, kind of funny names he gives Miss Lucy or Aunt Sally. He's got all these names for people in these songs that kind of make you laugh. And, you know, and this it's just it, it just catches you. Right. Because you're like, is this like some kind of like girly man or is this some kind of ladies man or <laughs> so, some combination of both? It's just kind of a very interesting title to give to somebody. Uh, for sure. Get your attention. I thought I was alone in the universe that I heard him say that. So I'm really glad that I'm not the only person or that heard it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I uh, love, I love this line. This might be the last night in a bed. So soft, like it's such a wonderfully menacing phrase because you're con, you know, it's conjuring up 
the the rich and the powerful and he lives in this 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 drug dealer lives in this big house and you know he, he wants for nothing and it's like this might be your last night in a bed so so it's just it's the yeah the language in this is just so wonderfully purple i just having so much fun even just reading it over again yeah and uh well i, I live in uh minneapolis uh area and so when uh i was really thinking about this song and playing it a lot uh was that a period i mentioned earlier that uh, 2016 to 2020 period uh, with the George Floyd uh, incident and everything going on with Donald Trump. And this verse really reminds me of Donald Trump, uh, you know, the grabber in chief and all of the, uh, you know, controversy and everything in that line. This might be the last night in a bed so soft, you know, indicates to me that you're going to jail or someplace worse uh, very soon. Um, you know, and then, you know, we're not pimps on the make or politicians on the take. It's just very descriptive of that period that we just got through um, of the Trump presidency and, uh, you know, all of the different uh, media reports. And, and this song just, you know, it was written in 86, but 30 years later, it's still hyper relevant to what was going on in the world, especially where I was living. Up in uh, up in the Twin Cities. Yeah, I mean, witchcraft scum exploiting the dumb. I mean, we're that's the timeline we're living in right now. Is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for Pete's sakes. Uh, and then continues on. He says, "We're gonna blow up your home of voodoo again. Blow it, your home of voodoo. What a great like. Yeah. I mean, he's going back with the witchcraft and watch it burn without any regret. We got the power. We're the new government. You just don't know it yet. It's like." Ah, oh, like, yes, that's so good. And, oh, yeah. And that feels like something that could have been out of, not to, I'm sorry, times they are a changing. You know, yeah, we got I the actually, power, we're the new government. You just don't know it yet. That's. Yeah, you just don't know it yet. Straight out of Ballad of a Thin Man. Oh. <laughs> well, there's something going on here, but you don't know what it is. Oh. Absolutely. You know, watching it burn without any regret. I mean, all of the uh, protests and the. The riots, we literally had places burning down, uh, up in Minnesota and all that, all that period was just, uh, you know, it just comes through in the song. Yeah. The new government, this whole, you know, you have the QAnon, uh, conspiracy theories, you know, and then COVID came and everyone's talking about Bill Gates, um, tracking everybody through vaccines and the whole world just went nuts all over the place in this period. And then I'm like, my God, it's all in this song. I mean, he wrote it 30 years earlier. Mm-hmm. And Everything for, for a movie that nobody saw, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like for a movie, it's kind of fun. Well, okay. You know what? We'll, we'll talk about when we get to the end of it. Cause I'm where, where he could, what he could have done with the song if he wanted to. But uh, so the next verse for all of my brothers from Vietnam and my uncles from world war two, I've got to say that it's countdown time. Now we're going to do what the law should do. I always find that kind of interesting. Like he's also giving it like a historical perspective, a kind of the idea that these are people that fought for their country to kind of not, and this is the result, you know, it's almost like a little bit like, well, this is unfulfilled promise. These are people who lost their life again, like the clean cut kid, you know, went off and, and served. And, but now, now it's finally happening. It's countdown time. Now we're going to do what the law should do. Like, I love this idea of sort of saying, you know, we, you didn't, you weren't delivered the country that you were promised that you fought for, but we're going to do it. And so he gives yeah, it like, a wonderful historical context by mentioning World War II in Vietnam. Yeah. Like, uh, with God on our side where he kind of mm-hmm. goes through all the things. And then, yeah, like gone are the, uh, you know, come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Now it's like, we're going to do what the law should do. <laughs> it's, it's, he's taking matters into his own hands. Oh my God. Uh, and then the, the final verse and it, here it says, he said, for you, pretty baby. Does he, he doesn't sing that, right? He said it's a different line in the song. Uh, no, he does say, does uh, he say pretty, pretty baby? baby? Okay. Yeah. And for you, pretty baby. I know your story is too painful to share. One day though, you'll be talking in your sleep. And when you do, I want to be there now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yes. Now that's that line. The, the final <laughs> two lines, uh, has been sourced from a movie and it's from the 1948 movie excuse me 1941 movie i wake up screaming starring uh, betty grable it's a film noir and there's a line in it 
where someone says, one day you'll be talking in your sleep. And when you do, I want to be around. And so Mm. we know that during, especially on Empire Burlesque, Bob was cribbing a lot of lines from old Hollywood movies. So it makes sense that he would do it here. Uh, I, again, I am so charmed the idea of Bob Dylan watching old movies in the Mm -hmm. 80s, you know, like with his VHS cassettes piling up and, you know, hearing (laughs) this line spoken by, it's by, it's by, uh, it's spoken by an actor named Laird Kriegar, who was a, a staple of film noir movies, this giant hulking brute of a man. And he's very threatening in the, in the, in the scene. But I just love the idea of Bob watching that movie and then just kind of going and just storing that line in the back of his head. And then he uses it here and it ends the song on such a wonderfully threatening note. And yet he's singing it with such kind of like a lilt in his voice, like this charming, Joy. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You'll be talking to And when you do, I want to be there. Like, oh, man. And then he lets out the most uh, emphatic yeah of his career right after that. (laughs) And the the song, everything comes together at that point. The music, the backup singers, Bob screaming. It it just builds up to that release point in the song. It's the perfect ending of any Bob Dylan song, I, I think. It is so fun. And I... I was not able to find any information about this recording session outside of the fact that Tom Petty served as producer. And as we said, the heartbreakers are playing on it and you've got the Queens of rhythm and Stevie Nicks doing backup. I can't imagine that this was one take, right? You would have to think there was at least another, you know, another couple of stabs at it, whether they were complete. I don't know. I would kill to hear alternate takes a bit of the hand i really would because can they i mean i can't picture i can't picture anybody starting a session with just one song at this energy level like i I Mm. think you have to build up to this i would i would think so too um the the, uh washington post uh interview that came out a little while ago by jeff slate um Mm -hmm. did you happen to read that oh yeah yeah I mean, that was probably one of the best interviews I've ever read. Uh, I had a chance to meet uh, Jeff down in Tulsa, really nice guy. Um, but he I was quoted as saying he had a chance to look at some manuscripts down in the archive. And he said that there were, you know, pages and pages of lyrics for Band of the Hand, just all indictment of, you know, this type of, you know, CIA, 80s, drug, Iran, Contra, uh, type of motif, uh, that Bob had written and then, you know, hand selected some of these lyrics. Mm. So I'm sure there are outtakes and they may have alternate lyrics. Oh, how uh, wonderful would that be? Oh, give me a whole bootleg <laughs> session. Bootleg series. I could take volume, it. Band of the Hand, volume 19, Band of the Hand. I mean, just, oh yeah. my God. I can't. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's mentioned, the session is mentioned in Clinton Halen's Bob Dylan, uh, day by day book. And according to, again, to Halen, who knows if that's, you know, written a long time ago, but he says that other songs were attempted. Um, so, you know, who knows whether that was other band of the hands or whether that was other songs that him and, uh, Tom Petty were batting around and maybe they were other covers, but that, I mean, I, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, we've got to hear those. We've got to hear, find, come on, Sony. I know you said you're winding down the bootleg series. But find a way to jam these into something, you know, stick them on a, on a disc four at the end of a disc four on some of these set. Cause I really have got to hear the other, whatever was done that, that afternoon. Cause this is just, it is, it's like a big, it's like a party song, but via fire and brimstone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Down in uh, Tulsa, they've re, uh, uh, furbished some of the hard to handle. Uh, video. Oh, right. They right, have, right. Uh, yeah. I think they have uh, When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky playing on rotation. And it just looks incredible. And if you've, if you've, have you seen the concert, Hard to Handle? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, what better idea than to release a bootleg series of that tour mm-hmm. loaded with outtakes of Band of the Hand? Oh, God. <laughs> what this, this is so bad? This five, nothing but Band of the Hand. More Band. <laughs> More hand. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're doing Sony's job for it, Matt. We're marketing it. There we go. Perfect. For free. For free. We'll do it for free. We'll even go through and we'll listen to all the takes and 
pick the best ones. We'll write the liner notes. We'll do it for, yeah, we'll do it. Absolutely do it for free. Um, what I was mentioning earlier was, you know, we know that Bob recorded some songs for Hearts of Fire, another dubious film project that he attached himself to. And some of those songs that were written for that soundtrack made it on to Down in the Groove. Because, as we know, he was probably kind of hurting for material for that record. And so he obviously didn't have any compunctions about saying, well, I'll take it. You know, yeah, we already appeared on a soundtrack, but I can take it and put it on one of my own records. This should have been on, couldn't have been on Empire Burlesque because Burlesque was before this. Although I think it would fit quite nicely on Empire Burlesque. But at the very least, this should have been on Knocked Out Loaded. I mean, I, I mean, that's not, that record only has eight songs. You know, yeah, it's got Brownsville Girl and that counts as like three songs. But this, the fact that he would record this and then just let it, I mean, you know, he does that all the time with a lot, with a lot greater songs than this kind of, but this just, I don't know, this deserves yeah. something much better than the uh, unmarked grave that it has been given on, on Band of the Hand. Yeah, that, if it was on Down in the Groove, it would have been, you know, the standout track for sure, just like Brownsville Girls. Uh, but yeah, to, to never get re-released and, um, you know, fortunately it's streaming for people who don't have the single or, you know, God forbid the whole band of the hand soundtrack, but everyone can listen to it if they, if they just go to, uh, Spotify or I'm sure it's on YouTube as it well. It is on YouTube. Yeah, it is on YouTube. Um, now, according to BobDylan.com, again, I got to stop relying on this site so much because sometimes I think Bob himself writes this song, writes this site, the way it's littered with errors. Uh, Bob apparently has learned to code, but it, it says here it has been, been performed zero times live. That is not correct. It was done with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at a benefit for Amnesty International in 1986. And then it was done apparently again, according to Clinton Halen's uh, day by day book. It was the first song of the encore on June 11th, 1986 at a show in Reno, Nevada. Now I could not find either one of those versions, which frustrated me mightily because I really want to hear alts of this, but yeah, there are, I mean, I know maybe they don't count the Amnesty International show because they seem to not count gigs that are not strictly Bob Dylan concerts. So if you'll forgive me, it's actually been performed live 33 times in total. And don't ask me how I know that. I listened to uh, 33 versions of it this week. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Amnesty International, he, he opens with it um, for his portion. That was the, the first time he played it. And then I think the last time that he played it was the concert where he uh, played Brownsville Girl for the only time. When you say 33 times, are you, really? Yeah, he played it uh, quite a bit. Um he played it in Philly in 86 a couple of times and all over the place. So <laughs> from June 6th, um, all the way to you know, the beginning of August, he played it. Do you have bootlegs of these shows, man? I may. I may have some. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you some links after, uh, after we get done. How could they be that far off on the website then? I, I, mean, I am not sure. Maybe they search by it's hell time, man, or something like that. And they. Maybe they searched uh, for the lyrics of Bob singing Band of the Hand, and it came up zero because he never sings it. Never once I, mentions it live. I, I'm genuinely stunned. I had no idea it was performed that many times. So, That's... yeah. He, uh, yeah now, and then the fun thing is, is uh, he gets into this uh, little routine a lot of times where when he's gearing up, he'll say, all right, now, anybody know what time it is? What's that? What time is it? That's right. It's hell time, man. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and, God. But, but he did it enough. It was like he was trying to make it a thing almost. <laughs> uh, but no, you I all think, know what I time think, it is, right? You all know what time it is, right? <laughs> You've all seen the movie. You all bought the soundtrack. You know what time it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I wrote down, uh, some of the interesting, uh, things that he would say either before or after. And, uh, one time in Berkeley on 14th of June, he starts out and he says, I want to dedicate this to St. Annie. I hope she's here tonight. If she is, ask her to forgive me, please. Oh, <laughs> my. St. Like, Annie what, from just like Tom Bell's Blue. Yeah, so St. Annie, thanks a lot. Yeah. So, my fingers, so we're one, one clue closer on to knowing not. who she is and where she lives. Um, and then uh, on uh, the 21st of uh, 
June, he says, we've got a song for you. Wrote a song for a movie. Sometimes the truth can be stranger than fiction. <laughs> then he goes into it. Uh, um, yeah, and then uh, I wrote down a couple. Uh, on uh, the 19th of July in Philadelphia, he gets done. He does his, uh, by then he had kind of worked up his routine about asking everybody what time it is. And, and at the end, he gets gets done. He says, okay, it's hell time, man. Now, if anybody asks you what time it is, day or night, what are you going to say? It works. He says, doesn't matter. You won't be lying. He really was trying to make it a thing, wasn't he? He was. He was. So <laughs> I, I, I like to bring things full circle here. So this one, uh, this one's from the 20th, the next night in Philadelphia. So he starts out and he says, okay, anybody out there know what time it is? Ha ha. Yeah. Ha ha. All right. Now, you know, and he plays it. And at the end, he gets done. And he says, well, tell me if this sounds familiar. He goes, okay. Now, Gives us a lot of pleasure to play here in the city of the Liberty Bell and Benjamin Franklin too. Is his house still there? Any of his family still there? Anyway, that was called Hell Time Man. So he didn't even name it right. He goes, but we won't be doing that song too much longer. There's a magazine called Spin Magazine and they pan that song. So I, it's got, I know what they say. It's got, don't have too much reality to it. That's what they say. You, you people here will be the last people almost to hear that song. So if anybody asks you in the future years to come, did you hear it? You can say you heard it here. Oh, he was downright loquacious about this song. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just let's just uh, scorch the earth here. John Leland from Spin Magazine, a 1986, uh, August 16th uh, episode, uh, was the author. Uh, so I looked up the Internet Archive for Spin Magazine. You know, here's the quote from him. He starts out quoting down the streets, the fool's rule, there's no freedom or self-respect, the knife point or a trip to the joints, about all you can expect. He says, Dylan's mythological street epic is as far removed from reality as any of his recent music and as stylized as Miami Vice. And it's so far off the mark that it almost works. Tom Petty's irredeemably lame heartbreakers camp up, or more probably fake, a sloppy gospel groove. Band of the Hand offers 12-8 time and organ and harmonies as a symbol of the apocalypse, and the formula is recognizable enough to work even in such a perfunctory workout. But Dylan's so obviously intent on painting a sordid scene that he invests his apocalyptic scum with bald affection, which is where these stylized street epics generally go astray. The record sleeve doesn't tell you, but you also get a sub-Jan Hammer instrumental by uh, Michael Rubini on the B-side. Some things are best left unsaid. And then wow. uh, the next night, he dropped it from the set list and replaced it with, you guessed it, everybody's favorite 80s song, Union Sundown. <laughs> uh, time is a flat circle. That, it is. That's amazing. So that, him what a great that. find, man. That's well, For him to read it, call the guy out on stage. And basically make this guy, uh, you know, responsible for, uh, for ending the gravy train everybody was on. I mean, <laughs> he, he was building a thing. I mean, who knows today? What time is it? It's hell time, man. Could be <laughs> as big as where's the beef from the eighties. <laughs> we we be, John Leland not directed. We could be wearing Bob Dylan tour shirts with it's hell time, man. That's the catch. Hell time, man. Absolutely. So that's John Leland. Uh, he really, uh, he really kind of screwed everybody over. Yes. Well, me. John, if you're listening, I hope you're, hope you're proud of yourself, buddy. Uh, I, I just looked up those two dates, the Philly dates, and they just don't list the song at all. So I'm, I mean, I'm guessing there'd be no way to catalog every date. Because there's just no, I mean, there's not recordings of every one of them. Maybe there's a record of them, but but maybe that's why, like you're talking about, that's why they're not listed. Although it's, it just seems amazing to me that they would miss it that many times. I mean, it's one thing if it was performed two or three times and the BobDillon.com misses it, but 33? Well, I I, I thought that was odd too, because um, normally they, they're pretty accurate. But Yeah. Uh, but I mean, someone wow. took the time and the effort to go in and rewrite or edit some of the lyrics yeah. officially. They kind of had a huge miss. So yeah, this was put out live with the Heartbreakers and uh, the Queens of Rhythm. Well, and now I I, 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 lo <laughs> I I love it even more now that it was that it's it's like this weird blotted out memory thing. Like it oh it happened, but it didn't really happen because there's no record of it. But yet there is. Like 
he really was trying to turn it into a thing and all because somebody had spin mouthed off he buried it which is a damn shame because it's no this awesome. is gaslighting this is highway robbery here uh oh. the fans demand better right we want uh we want an investigation Oh, but it's, it's interesting playing it live. A lot of times he would follow it up right into when the night comes falling from the sky, which is just, you know, one fire and brimstone song yeah. into another. And then other nights he'd pick into Lonesome Town from uh, Ricky Nelson. Which, <laughs> okay. I don't know about yeah. you, but those aren't two that I, uh, you know, usually when he swaps a song out for another, it's of the same kind of vibe. But uh, yeah. I, I get a different vibe from those two songs. I'm not sure about everybody, but <laughs> really get the same vibe for me. That is a marvelous find, Matt. I had no idea. I had no, I mean, you know, did you just happen to have, uh, all right, we'll talk about your bootleg collection off the air. Uh, so, <laughs> well, that, oh man. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. This song. It's so fun. It, yeah. it it's just this yeah, life, life. He, uh, you know, he skips the, the Mr. Pusher man verse every time. Uh, he never oh, sees really? that verse live. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he always right. just uh, does the first ones, and he, but the lyrics are true to the original recording. Otherwise, oh. but yeah, this this song, uh, like I said, just every time I listen to it, there's something else that jumps out to me uh, that reminds me of another one of his songs. And uh, I forgot to mention it, but like on the last verse, when we were talking about you know going to do what the law should do, and it kind of reminds you of the times they are changing. Uh, the part about you, pretty baby, I know you've seen it all. I know your story is too painful to share. That reminds me of uh, As I Went Out One Morning, um, you know, hmm. because there are people that have said that that song is kind of an allegory about the United States and um, in the quagmire of Vietnam and Pompeii apologizing to the person, you know, as a founder of starting the country, what, you know, I'm sorry for what she's done, you know, kind of using, you know, woman as country metaphor. And I think I think that applies here as well. Um, if you think you think about that, especially as you get into the next line, you know, if you kind of think the government, the CIA, and then he goes, one day though you'll be talking in your sleep, and when you do, I want to be there. To me, that just reminds me of his mindset with uh, murder most foul, you know, mm. the Kennedy assassination. Like, what does the government know? You know, the whole just say no. Uh, war on drugs, uh, which is all over the background of, of this song. I, I think it's fantastic. And then, you know, the last thing he says on this recording is not in the lyrics, but it's in the, it's in the chorus when he and the, the Queens of Rhythm are going back and forth. And I mentioned, uh, it kind of sounds a little bit like New Pony a little bit. It's kind of got that dirty blue uh, kind of sound to it. And uh, the last thing he says after they're singing Band of the Hand, it's Hell Time Man, he goes, it won't be long. Honey. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of New Pony when the back background singers were saying, how much longer? How much longer? And he's like, it won't be long. I mean, he's he's riding the end of the world train uh, in the engine. I mean, he's blowing the whistle. <laughs> he's <laughs> waving at the people to get off the track. And it, it's my favorite uh it's my favorite style of Bob. Uh, I just, I just love it. Uh, when he's got a cross the bear and a grudge, grudge to hold. I, I just think he's at his best. And it's not dour. You know, that's one of the nice, it's not, it's not like, oh, everything sucks and terrible. It's so spirited. You know, it's it so, is. yeah, it's so lusty. <laughs> it's so unabashed in its jingoistic simplistic morality. You know, it, it's, it's kind of from this, it, it's kind of from a different, political view but it's the same idea of kind of what made arnold schwarzenegger like a star in the 80s this idea of like this big muscle man will just take a gun and murder all the bad people and our our problems will be solved it's that same kind of idea and that's the reason arnold yeah i mean it's the reason (laughs) arnold became a star is because he had that grin doing it you know he wasn't he it wasn't there wasn't you know there was like other guys that tried to replicate what he did and they weren't able to 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 do it because he had that glint in his eye and that's what this song has it just has that just wonderful fire and brimstone preacher sort of thing and so yeah it's it's just such a yeah. weird oh. uh, yeah exactly arnold's got that uh the combination of uh pro-america ass kicking and and witty one-liner and uh, yeah. you know bob's bob's kind of this is his version of that you know one-liners all over the place and he's kicking ass and taking names and you know i'm, I'm not sure about uh 
if he's pro anything here, I mean, he's kind of calling everybody out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but it's just great. It's absolutely great. And actually, there's a some kind of connection loose uh, between um, some of the producers of the movie and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which we can talk about later. Well, that's uh, that, that's a good good segue, Matt. Thank you very much. Is uh, we are going to do something now? I mean, everyone knows uh, we have moved Pod Dylan over to the FM podcast network, and we're very happy to be over on this new uh, music-centric podcast network. So something that we're going to do, we've never done this before, but next week, Matt will be back with me and another Pod Dylan regular to discuss the Band of the Hand movie. We're going to review the movie. Bob did the theme song or whatever, and so it's part of his history. So we are going to review the movie, but... Uh, I decided we are going to make that a premium only episode, which basically means you have to go over to fmpods.com and subscribe, become a paying subscriber and to the premium version of Pod Dylan, the Pod Dylan Plus, as we call it. And that will get you that episode. And I guarantee it's going to be a lot of fun. And so it's a way to support. Pod Dylan, it's a way to support the network and it will not be the, it will be the first, but it will not be the only bonus episode that, uh, Pod Dylan's are going to start creating going forward. So to get that episode and it'll probably drop about midweek and there will be a normal episode the following Saturday. So if you want to hear that episode with me and Matt and God knows I want to hear more of Matt talking about band of the hand again go to fmpods.com and click the subscription button and you can sign up. It's only $4.99 a month. And you can get, you will get all the other great stuff that's on the network and you will start getting the Pod Dylan premium episode. So please go over to fmpods.com. Again, the link is in the show notes and subscribe and then you'll be able to get that bonus show. So Matt, as we're wrapping up here, I've been asking everybody uh, the normal exit questions, but since you were on the show relatively recently, I think I've asked you both the questions that I've normally been doing. So I'm throwing you a different one. I didn't prepare you for this. I hope you don't mind. No this problem. is this is something I mentioned over on Twitter, so uh, a couple of weeks ago. In this scenario, Bob himself has called you over to his house to watch a movie, and you get to pick the movie. What movie would you want to sit and down sit down with Bob and watch? And you can come at it from whatever angle you want. It could be something you think he'd enjoy, something you love that you want to share with him. What, however, you want to approach it, but what? I know there's a gajillion movies to pick from. It's a big question, and I know I'm throwing it at you unprepared, but I think you can handle it. What, what is there a movie you think you would you would you know? Bob's like whatever you want, and it doesn't matter if it's available in this fantasy scenario. It's available. What what movie would you might want to show you watch with Bob Dylan? Wow, I I haven't thought about this. I'm just quickly thinking that uh, I'd, I'd watch anything with him. But I think one movie that is one of my personal favorites, a uh, top five movie for me all time that I think he would um, relate to and appreciate and I would love to get his take on is Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. Great movie. Uh, you know, yeah, I remember watching that uh, when I was growing up and kind of coming of age. And uh, I think it's, you know, the story of a man uh, coming to terms with who he is, uh, that his nature and his environment and an environment that changes and his struggle to create himself in the way that uh, he wants to be and the, uh, the force of the world pushing back against that. And I think that's something Bob could probably uh, see himself in a time or two and reflect on. And, uh, just there's some amazing lines in that movie as well. Um, that, uh, you know, I would expect. Um, you know, to show up in Bob Dylan song someday. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Uh, you know? <laughs> it's a it's a hell of a thing killing a man. Uh, you know, I assume you've seen the movie. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who doesn't want to get shot better get on out the back. Uh, you know, just <laughs> you know, and then he shoots the guy and he's unarmed and he's like, yeah, you, congratulations, you just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He should have armed himself. <laughs> decorate a saloon with my friend i mean i could see bob dylan <laughs> saying something like that so yeah i'd sit down and watch uh watch clint eastwood's unforgiven with uh with bob and we'd have a heck of a time that is a marvelous answer that's a, a to- it, it's got all sorts of themes you understand bob could chew on we know he loves westerns 
So, uh, that's a terrific answer. That's a, ter- that's an absolutely, he probably, and he probably, probably friends with Clint Eastwood in some bizarro way huh. that we don't know about or something. That's, that's a great answer. I, I love it. That's a, I know I, I threw that to you unprepared, but that's a, that's a marvelous answer. So, uh, awesome. Well, Matt, uh, thank you for doing this. This was such a joy. I loved being able to delve into this just totally obscure little corner of, um, uh, the Bob Dylan universe. And I am looking so forward to us talking about the movie. That is just going to be a blast. I will admit at the time of this recording, I have not seen the movie in 30 years. I watched it when I worked at the video store. We'll talk about this on that episode, but I, 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 I rented it from the video store that I worked at. Cause I was like, Oh, this is the Bob Dylan movie. And I was like, oh, it's not a very good movie. And then I have never watched it again since. So this will be a new viewing for me. So I'm really looking forward to, to that conversation. So thank you so much for coming back and doing this with me. Oh, absolutely, Rob. And for everyone uh, still listening, uh, make sure you tune in next week. Subscribe and spend the week listening to Band of the Hand. And as a teaser to encourage you to tune in, uh, you will find out uh, who Mr. Pussyman is. And you'll see who the witchcraft scum are and get a tour of the House of Voodoo. <laughs> and if you uh, make it and uh, find a copy of the movie, then uh, you'll be all caught up and you'll get the attachment uh, to the movie and the song. That's not so not so obvious if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, the movie is available by I should mention everybody uh, on various streaming platforms. It is. It's also on Blu-ray. Uh, oddly, <laughs> amazingly enough, uh, it is on Blu-ray, but you can stream it on Amazon Prime for like three ninety nine. So you can you can find it. It's out there. Uh, there's clips of it on YouTube and things like that. Oh, supp- supposedly there is a, they made a video for the song. Now mm-hmm. it is not, doesn't feature Bob, but it features clips from the movie. I was not able to find that either on YouTube. Uh, the, the actual released video, which is a damn shame. Uh, as far as I saw from the, the blue, again, we should be talking about this on the movie episode, but uh, apparently on the, like the Blu-ray has like no special features. At the very least, it should have the video. The, the, the <laughs> you yeah. video. Come on, guys. What are you doing? You know, for Pete's sakes. But, but yes, everybody, please go again to fmpods.com and uh, look up the uh, subscription tab and, and, and sign up for Pod Dylan Premium and you will get this bonus show. It is really going to be uh, a, an enormously fun conversation between uh, me, Matt, and again, another Pod Dylan regular. So again, Matt, thank you so much for coming back. Why don't you tell people where they can find you around on the internet? Sure. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at MattSimo9 and mostly post about Bob Dylan and pretty much it. Look me up, uh, follow me, I'll follow you back and we can have a discussion about anything related to Bob that you want. Always looking for fellow fans and nut jobs, as I say, who just love to dive into uh, <laughs> the far corners and reaches of the catalog. Absolutely. So uh, again, thanks everybody for listening. You can find the show on Twitter too, over at pod underscore Dylan. And as I have mentioned numerous times this episode, you can find all the back episodes on the website, fmpods.com. So that's going to do it. Thanks everybody for listening and we will see you later. Bye. Oh, by the way, let me ask your opinion. Should I should I do it's Hell Time Man four times? Or should I just do it once? You, you have to do it four times. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll sound like a jackass, but what's what else is new? All right, cool. All right. So five, four, three, two, one. <laughs>